to another uh, Blindcast episode. We have uh, a guest with us today and the two usual. So we'll start with our introductions going to the left. Uh, I'll start off, I guess. So my name is Alex Martin. And with us we have... Uh, my name is Tor Carter. Andrew Rain. And Chris Burt. And Andrew, Tor is your guest. Yep. So why don't you kind of tell us the backstory of how you guys met. Well, Tor's been, you know, in, like part of our family... Since I can remember, you and my brother Jess became friends. I don't know. You tell me. Oh, like when we were six. <coughs> kids. So, kids. Since kids. And yeah. We do Boy Scouts and all that kind of stuff together. And duck hunting and very little deer hunting, but mainly duck hunting and causing mayhem. So this is all in Colville, right? Yep, on yep. Colville. And then you know, Tor. You know, my brother. He went into the Navy, and you know, Tor was around. Pretty much like every Christmas, because Jess would come visit. And then when I graduated high school, I moved up here to Spokane, and you know, Tor's house was like a second house to mine. And we hung out a lot. And then uh, we went fishing, and we didn't do too much hunting together. No, we went fishing. We went fishing. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, we've known each other a long time. He likes to do the same kind of stuff that I do. And he's going to be a good like person to, for you to talk to because me. he has two kids um, <laughs> i have a newborn and he's got the newborn so you'll be able to like, maybe like talk about how you can still go do fun things and have kids <laughs> <laughs> you haven't really had a problem yet no not you're not getting yet. out of the house yeah not yet <laughs> yeah you haven't really missed out on anything oh yeah no <clears throat> one's easier to drag around than yeah. two <laughs> yeah yeah it's very true two and a dog i should say yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good thing to start off with. You have a dog, and it's kind of like a rare breed. Yeah, I got a, a Gordon Setter. It's kind of weird, funky, black and tan Setter. Is that like an Upland? Or it, is it Upland. He has webbed feet, and they're known. You could use them as that, uh, oh, you could use them as a Can bird. the dog? Yeah, if you wanted to, but he's kind of scared of water. Well, gotcha. he, he doesn't like to get cold. Mm, I see. But he doesn't mind hunting when it's five degrees out. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of soft. He's, he's a little <laughs> soft. But I've never hunted with you with him. Like, mm -hmm. the whole time you've had him, which is like seven years? Eight. Eight years? Eight years. Yeah. And But he, he points, right? Yeah, fairly good. Yeah? He, he finds him, he gets, gets close, and then they usually flush. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty so, much all. And he doesn't run after him too much or go crazy. He's, he's not like... The, the perfect kid, and he's not the class clown. He's kind of in the middle. C plus. <laughs> C plus. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah, a little better than I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was Seventy-eight percent. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, the class clown, how's Penny doing? Oh man, this morning. That's a good thing. It was. It was like six o'clock. You know, she barking, barking, waking up to wake me up and Callie up. I go out there and you know I have. I'm dressed for winter time. We got like a foot of snow out, so I'm dressed for winter time, but not really. I have like my boots and my sweatpants and like a long sleeve shirt. And she just goes off on a scent and just books it. So I like was running after her and telling her to like sit and she would. She'd just like drop her butt down. 
And then I'd get like five feet from her and zoom. So we had a heart to heart when, <laughs> when oh, yeah. I got her. And um, she's been wearing her uh, tour like collar, the come to Jesus collar oh, yeah. all day. Like I haven't really oh, like <clears throat> zapped her with it today. Or, well, I did a few times, but um, it's just she like is just so much better behaved when she knows that I got like the long. You got the reach. Yeah. You have the power. Yeah, the leash is on there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the dog breeder. She called it the come to Jesus collar, and she has several that have no battery, no nothing in them. They have a weight, so the dog knows that it's weighted. Mm-hmm. But she's like, you put them on, they're a saint. Oh, mm-hmm. that's true. That's right. She's like, they'll run out the door and you yell at them, and they come right back. But if they're not on it, you get them. You were talking about Mason with that. Like, she just is excited to have it, like, know that she's going to give you something fun. Yeah. My sister had a a Black Lab Weimaraner mix, and that thing would just book. And you never could keep it in the kennel. Like, no matter what you did to this pen, it wouldn't stand. So we got a, um, one of them, uh, I guess it would be like the um, solar panel hot wires we put it around the top and then the bottom of the kennel oh, and she got it once on the top and bottom and then you never had to have it plugged in after that just the <laughs> just like she knew time. just the one time and she she did not want anything to do with that wire yeah mm-hmm. but yeah so that after that like they just they didn't even have it, it wasn't even hot i, I figured out real quick mm-hmm. i was throwing the bumper for penny day just to get her outside she she went and got it and then she like looked at me I know it's like she looks at you and she like she starts running and like her whole body like leans back and I called her like freedom run and she started to do that and then I just I gave her a little little zap and she dropped the she dropped the uh, the bumper right away but she came back so that was good she she went and got it she was fine after that didn't have to do anything after that because she really didn't start picking up that running habit till after the season no not at all um in my personal opinion is because Callie brings her to the dog park all the time and just lets her just you know run around do whatever she wants so I told Callie I'm not having that anymore like she can go to the dog park maybe like once a month but not not every day like she's been doing because just too much freedom for a dog that has like a lot of energy rules like like i needed yeah. her to do stuff and i'm and i even if i didn't and i was that she wasn't hunting i still don't want her to run off mm-hmm. i used to take loki with his dog collar to the dog park and every once in a while when he'd go down the off beeping and have him come back and it i don't know there's a big sign on the dog park that next to our house that says no e-collars that's what? The same, it's the same dog park i go to oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> really well if it says no e-collars, can we put no vape below it, too? Yeah, no vape pens. No vape pens. <laughs> no vape pens, yes. Well. I think it's a reasonable request. I think you're right. I mean, there's no smoking. I wonder. I got to check out now. Now I got to take a picture and say, theory. Uh, I also smoked a pipe there a couple days, too. There you go. <laughs> Nobody said anything to me. Yeah. Why would you? It's a dog park. Yeah, and then if you're going to do something silly, wander away from everybody. Yeah. So while we're on the Upland Dogs, today I went out um, and I tried to do calling some coyotes again. Okay. I only got a couple setups in before I had to come back. But because all the snow drifts and just everything's covered up, I figured there'd be animals out. And I was right, but it was all birds. Oh, and really? Everywhere on the, on the main roads where they had plowed and there was gravel kicked up or some 
um, grass sticking through. They're munching around? Yeah, there was uh, quail, partridge, and pheasants everywhere. Oh, that's cool. All over the place. I thought, I was like, oh man, Andrew would be chomping at the bit. But, <laughs> you know, the season's over, but I'm like, we needed this weather a month ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny you said that you saw all those animals, because I was working Friday, and I was kind of driving around in a rural area, and I saw pheasants, and I saw quail, and turkeys, deer, and moose. I saw, like, all these animals, and it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I did see some turkeys today, too. The moose was... I mean, I haven't seen a moose in a while. I always like watching them, but it, it, I didn't see it. I was staring right at it, and I didn't see it till it moved. I was staring directly at it. Because I saw, like, these, like, really fresh tracks and then, like, you know, moose shit in the road. And I was like, oh, that looks like, like, it's brand spanking new. And then it was, I was looking off in the trees, and it was right there. Yeah. Do you plan on going turkey hunting this year, Tor? Mm, probably not on purpose. I mean, it's one of those seasons for me that's uh, more of an opportunity thing. Like, yeah. if I'm home and I have the time, I'll give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. But I might skip that time and go for a hike and look at some new bird areas that gotcha. an old guy pointed on a map to me while I was quail hunting. Mm-hmm. I went one way, he went the other, but before we left, he's like, here, get a map. Yeah. And he started writing X's. Go look here, go look here. Oh, that's He's nice. like 75 years old, nice old guy. So yeah. nice. Nobody ever does that with him. And I want the way that he wanted to go I think hunt. it's because of the beard. Well, he wanted to go hunt where I was, but he's like, you were here first. Where are you going? I was going to go that way. He's like, oh, all right, I'll go that way. Yeah, I think it's you, Were you uh, just up on hunting? Mm-hmm. Or were, yeah. Yeah. Is that mostly what you do? Up he, yeah, for birds, yeah. I try to do a little deer hunting, but... Eh. Well, you brought some deer pepper sticks. Is this from a deer you got this year? Yeah, that's from the doe I shot this year. I put it for a depredation tag over by Conconelli. Which is a good one to put in for, but every two or three years you pull it into B tag, so you get a doe tag, and then you also get your regular season buck tag. Oh, oh that's so, nice. And it's on a friend of mine's alfalfa farm, so it's kind of not hard at all. Like, mm-hmm. 5 in the afternoon, go to that corner of the farm, and <laughs> shoot. Bang. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> a little harvest tag. Yep, yep. And if they're home, they'll even help you haul it back to your truck. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> 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 the deer eat a lot of their uh, alfalfa, so mm-hmm. it's the third now with your job because you you kind of have a like a hitch kind of schedule two weeks two weeks right yep two weeks on two weeks off <laughs> when you're like planning your hunts do you how far ahead do you look uh, like if you're like okay i want to put in for this this tag but oh no i'm not gonna be home well i don't put it i put in for you know like the big fancy ones like goat and sheep and those that's just cross your fingers and hope you get mm-hmm. it i also put in for that deer tag because it's a month long so oh, no matter okay. what my schedule well, is I can at least probably pull a week out. Yeah. And Do you like, have to designate your weapons for that? For that <clears throat> Like, uh, I think you have archery or to, well, because yeah, I think you have to pick. I don't know. I always just do modern firearms. Mm-hmm. I also okay. put in for a quality deer hunt. So, I'm getting closer, I suppose, to getting that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I haven't started putting any for anything over here. Haven't you? have been I putting in for a while, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. A couple things, and de- I I want a moose really bad. It's I want like a goat. Goat, 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 goat. Goat's what I wanted I, for a long time. I, I here's like, you know, other podcasts are reading that goat, just, it's like where they live is like, that's why it's hard to get them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're not as many around, but it's like, yeah. <clears throat> and they have awesome horns. Yeah, they're really the, cool the, looking. The big horns. And you can shoot awesome. either sex, I think, because it's hard to tell a difference. Yeah, it's hard to tell a nanny okay. from a... 
Um, it has to be like a certain size. I think like, so many curls are. Uh, no, it's, it's, that's that's uh, Rams. That's Rams. Oh, you're talking about like the on the mountains. Thing. It's gonna be so. Oh, long. the white mountain goats. Yeah, the white oh, mountain okay. goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no, I no. saw some of those in Idaho at uh, Farragut State Park once. It was pretty cool. But yeah, Dennis has shot two. That's that's your step. Yeah, my stepfather, and he said on his third one. My stepfather, father-in-law. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Father-in-law. <laughs> Father-in-law. He, we can cut that out. <laughs> we, he shot two, and he's he, he was um, about ready to shoot his third, and uh, this is Montana. Maybe it was his second. He was, anyways. The last one he had opportunity to shoot, he 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 held up and didn't pull the trigger. He just figured he didn't really need it. I think. I don't know what his reasoning's for, but I think he kind of been there, done that type thing. It's probably fun to hunt, dude. I, mean, I think it, so. He he worked for the Forest Service, so he knew... He was pretty successful with uh, elk hunting and... Yeah. I don't know if he... He was... I think he had more success with elk hunting, and I, I don't really know much about his deer hunting stuff, but he had shot a couple sheep or um, goats, and uh, yeah, he just shot a bull a couple of years ago. Really? But he just knows areas because of his profession, right? He yep. just spent 30 years all over the place. And mm-hmm. Well, with your forest. profession, you're a helicopter mechanic, and you're up in the helicopter. Do you see animals when they're flying, or is uh, it too thick woods? Not very often. I've just, every once in a while, I see the odd deer or yeah. something like that. I was hoping to get to fly in northern Canada and see some moose, but it was the wrong time of year. Okay. The most mm-hmm. thing, I, like, flew through North Dakota... 10 years ago really late in the winter and then we flew low because the clouds and then we scared a lot of deer they were running everywhere that's cool. so you so. being the mechanic are you on the helicopter when it's operating or is this just to get two that was a good sites, nice job just to get yeah. sites yeah, we were at a job in michigan wisconsin michigan i think and then we were going back to vancouver island so it was a fun trip. It was long. That's a long <clears throat> trip in the helicopter, isn't it? Yeah. How many times do you have to like, yeah, why do they? Why don't they just put you on a plane? Well, we had to take the helicopter from there to there. It's oh. big. It's uh, 88 feet front to back and oh. 9,000 horsepower. Burned 500 gallons an hour. <laughs> it's a big slurpee. 500 gallons of gas? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so are you signed to this one helicopter then? Yeah, we stay with one. It has a name, doesn't oh, okay. it? Oh, okay. Yeah, my, the one I work on is called Jerry. 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 <laughs> but do you have... 20 of them, I think, and they all have different names. So I thought maybe you were just traveling to work on other ones, but you're you're <clears throat> we stay assigned to one big one. Yeah, there's a crew of eight mechanics. There's four of us on shift at all all the time, mm-hmm. and we work like a road on one on one helicopter. Yeah, it's sometimes you need the extra manpower because the parts are big, and then you also split the shift. You got two guys during the days and two guys that do like the night maintenance, you know, like working on an excavator at night to grease it and clean it and do all maintenance. You do a week of that so, and then switch. So this, like, this crane's running, like, all day long a lot of times. So after how many hours, like, do you, does it stop and you have to, like, do the maintenance? Um, well, usually, uh, tens are max that we fly. Okay. That, per day. But then they shut down every few hours for an uh, inspection like, we do. So you said 500 an hour? 500 gallons an hour. And you fly 10 hours a day? Yeah. So that those trucks that go to the local Conoco station and fill it what up, like a, we get one of those every like five thousand gallons. Five thousand gallon tank. <laughs> yeah. How many per shift? It, how many <laughs> gallon tank is it? Oh, uh, we usually have about fifteen thousand gallons with us. 
so Man, I go for a year in my pickup on that. Yeah, <laughs> too. it's diesel. I mean, yeah, you can put a diesel truck in for a long time. Yeah. Put a little wow. two-stroke oil on it because it's dry. It doesn't have the lubricity that diesel does. Oh, okay. But huh. it goes a long time. Well, it doesn't go very long with us. A couple days. Yeah. Need more. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Gets a big straw. <laughs> Sucking that down. Well, when you start thinking you fly 1,500 or we used to fly 2,000 hours or 2,100 hours with three helicopters logging, that's a lot. It's a lot of gas. So this is all logging operations? With the one that I work on in Canada, yeah. Mm-hmm. But most of the fleet does uh, fire work in the United States, Australia, Greece, Turkey. We did some for a while. so. Have you been to Turkey then, or I haven't been to Turkey. Because I know you went in Australia and Greece. Been Greece, Italy, France, and Australia. Canada, oh. in Canada, lots of Canada. Yeah. So that's oh. fun. You travel, yeah. you see some places that are cool, and some places that you're like, ah, I don't need to go back. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping that you were gonna be like, yeah, we're up there, we see bear all the time, because I want. You well, we see bear at Vancouver Island a lot. Yeah, I want you yeah. to tell the the your bear that you got. It's a big bear. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you scoot in a little bit just so we make sure we hear our stories. <laughs> It's been quite a few years since I shot the bear, but it was up around Colville, and it was a, I guess a co-worker of my dad's had several on his property, and it's, uh, it's north of town always, but she always had them coming through the, through the property, and I don't know, I put in for a tag, and she said, go up there and look, and I saw bear scrape all over and tore apart, uh, rotten stumps, and I'd also hunted her land for deer before, so I kind of knew the lay of it. And I don't know, I just sat in one spot and waited, and I could tell that he had a, something had a trail that went down the property line, and then V-lined over to the house. The house, the neighbor's house had a bunch of, uh, I think they're apples, but a bunch of orchard trees around the house, you know, 10 or 15 of them. Well, I came one day, and I was late, as I look over, and there's the bear, eating all the apples in the backyard. I was like, oh, all right. So I just kind of sat back and watched, and he didn't take the same trail back, but the trail you could kind of see was continuous, went to the house, and then meandered on. I was like, well, it must be his trail. So the next day, I sat on her property and sat away from the property line, you know, a couple hundred yards, because got a rifle, and I didn't too close, and just sat there and waited in an open patch, and he went right on through, blasted a hole in him, and then uh, I thought I lost him, because <laughs> a black bear gets really small when you get up close to it and I was like where the heck is it well it was about six feet from me and I thought it was a burnt log <laughs> and I just about jumped <laughs> I didn't know if it was dead or not all I'm like oh, oh okay I'm all right and then then the fun began and yeah. gutted it and hauled it down the hill alone or did you have uh, company well I gutted it by myself and then by that time my dad had showed up and then he helped me haul it down the hill it was they're not like a deer to haul. They're like hauling a person. Mm-hmm. And then when you gut them, or when you skin them, then they're really like a person. Yeah. They got forearm muscles and biceps, and yeah. it's kind of creepy. You're like, oh, they aren't joking online when they say, watch out, it looks like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you got it hanging there by its, you know, cut the head off, and then you got it hanging by like the upper shoulders, and you skin it all down, and you're like, oh, that is really creepy. <laughs> uh, put a meat sack on it and take it to the cutters. That was easy. Yeah, because you had some good stuff. You made some sausage. I made sausage out of it. I did. The ham ham. was awesome. Yeah, the. I think it was one of our Kiwi pilots. He said that the deer ham is good and bear ham is good. Because bear is kind of like in the pork family. Yeah, that's like um, when it comes to game meat, a lot of people won't touch bear. And I I was on a plane two weeks ago. Yeah. And this 
kid from, he's not a kid, he was like my age, so he's probably 30 or something, but he lives in Colorado, and he, his view on harvesting a predator, like he just, he was, he was just against it for, I think, just, uh, moral reasons for to start with but then he just said like bear like I, why would you want to eat a bear it's the nastiest game eat ever let me tell you it's the nastiest game eat which i've never had bear but i've heard a lot of other people say it's it's like good damn so it's like this it's, really it's yeah. kind of like a debate whether it bear... kind of depends on what they eat mm-hmm. yeah most yeah. of the old timers like at the gun club down here that i've talked to they're like it depends on what they eat if you get one on the coast they can taste like fish mm-hmm. you get one you know from up in the mountains that's doing more roots instead of the berries then they're a little more gamey. Your bear was just Mine was eating on apples. apples and peaches, so it's so, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple other people I know that have shot them up around Colville, around some orchards, and they're like, yeah, they're really good eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the old-timers down at the gun club, they said that if you render down the bear fat and you get bear lard, that makes the best pie crust ever. Did they're you like, do it? I never did. Huh. But the, mm-hmm. And they also used the bear grease for your muzzleloader patches. Oh, <laughs> that's bad. So that's they, cool. they said it works really good, and I have some at home, and it it doesn't. It's kind of yellowy, but it doesn't go bad and turn yellower, more yellow. Mm-hmm. But it's slicker and slick. It's crazy. But they said that if you render it down, it makes really, really good like mm. flaky pie crusts or stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's something kind of like, like using the Crisco. Yeah, it's like lard. Yeah. That's all yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. You just heat it in a um, the one guy that was doing it down there. He just heated it in two coffee cans. Heat it in a coffee can till it liquefies not till it gets burnt and then strain it through cheesecloth into the other one and just go back and forth and it just slowly gets more clear and mm. then when it cools it's just white mm-hmm. white or a little bit of a yellow color to it mm-hmm. i liked it. it breakfast sausage was probably the best thing out of the bear very breakfast sausage. yeah not, not like pork like pork came kind of light it was very meaty like mm-hmm. it was like you don't know more substantial like mm-hmm. steak kind of so when you usually shoot like a bigger animal do you usually bring it to somebody to do like the processing or have yeah. you done much to that uh i do mainly because i don't have time yeah yeah you you had a short on but time yeah. i i butchered a few deer a couple years ago i did a bunch of little, little lambs with my mother-in-law and her brother and them that was fun i mean yeah we had a like production line yeah. i watched a youtube video on how to do it and the guy yeah. has an amazing youtube video I watched it like five times at work, came home, had all the stuff. You learn how to do anything on there. Yeah, yeah. YouTube, YouTube certified. But it, <laughs> it made a production line. Like, We shot them in the head and gutted them, hung them by the tractor, and then let them, let them hang in the barn for a week, I think is what we did. Yeah. And then the next week I came up and <laughs> broke them down into the big pieces. And then once I cut them into the smaller portions, I just handed them to them. The mother-in-law's brother and he would you know put them in the packaging and then she would package and write on them. it was just a production line mm-hmm. did you guys mainly like just do steaks and or did you like do a lot of ground oh uh, just a... we didn't do any ground it was all, oh, you so all, we did all legs cuts. and the guy the guy shows you how to break it down into like here's your animal okay now you break it down to the front the center and the rear quarter and you take those away and you take the rear quarter how to break the rear quarter down into the legs mm-hmm. how to get the shanks and then he's british so he has I like weird food, so he, he kind of has odd cuts or very old school cuts that are fun to cook. And he's like, oh yeah, take this and cut it real thin, and then you can fill it with herbs and butter and roll it and bake it. I'm like, okay. Does he, Sounds it might good. be the same guy, mm-hmm. I, I watched those kind of videos too. Do you have to like stop and rewind a lot because he does it so fast when he's got the meat hanging? 
No, this guy wasn't super fast. Okay. He, it was like a 35-minute video. It was quick. All right, there's this other guy, and he just... You know, the only time he stops cutting is when he's re when he's when he's putting this, his knife on the steel to, oh. to rehone it. Yeah, this guy was it was almost like a class. It was really neat. Oh, I cool. kind of wish he did it for like deer and elk and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Did for everything. Yeah, we get. But once you break one down, it's not too bad. No. <clears throat> Ronella did one on the meat eater yeah, for deer. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I broke my deer up. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've only been around one or two elk that got. Uh, cut up, but they were really close to a truck, so we just kind of got it into the truck with like five of us. But I've always wanted to be with somebody and do the, the field dress. Yeah, my buddy calls the poacher cut, where you know you don't gut them. Right. Yeah, gutless, yeah. gutless. Mm-hmm. He just called it the poacher thing, but but you couldn't like, you couldn't get inside and get like some good stuff. Yeah, he, he still get, does. You can get the tenderloin stuff. Yeah, that. he gets the tenderloins. Well, from yeah. the but what about the inside ones? That's a tenderloin. That's, That's a tenderloin. What, oh, not the back. Back straps on the outside. Back straps on the outside. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I. I mean, you you don't like grab the heart or like the. No, no. But usually, my buddy that does that, he does a lot of solo stuff. I'd want to get away from the truck. So yeah, we've we've done that before. We shut out with your deer. Yeah, Chris shot this deer down in a hole, and it was. It was like ninety eighty degrees out. Eighty degrees (laughs) climbing this hill. Oh god. Yeah. We were bear crawling up it, like slipping. That's how steep it was. It was hot. It was steep. We got it though. I hadn't been doing shh all summer. I was out of shape. And he shoots this deer down the hole. I was I thought I was gonna die. That doesn't help. It's hot. I don't, I don't and there's it. bees. Yeah. And ticks. And ticks. There's probably ticks weren't that bad by then. Like ticks if you're on them in an hour or two, it doesn't bug you too bad. But when you start gutting something, then it brings the bees and the flies around. They won't go away, they won't leave you. Oh yeah. Because it's on your jeans or it's on your pants or your camo or your hat and on the way they leave you alone, you just trip down naked and run through the woods. Fucking bees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them. No. I think my least favorite part of the summertime. You ever see Andrew strip down naked and run through the woods? You know, he's like, <laughs> he's, yeah. 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 Dor told me just to do this. Don't go towards him. There's bees around him. Yeah. yeah. That guy's running from bees. I like, I like the gutting and the... The hunting part is fun, but I kind of enjoy the gutting and the breaking the down. Processing the processing. The processing is fun. That's what those people were doing on that beach down there. They're just running from bees. <laughs> I, we're not running from bees. <laughs> that wasn't a running motion. <laughs> we, we caught some... We caught some people running from bees down here in the Little Spokane. Or the... Oh. Not the Little Spokane, the Main Spokane. No, they... They were not running from bees. <laughs> I mean... They're in the you same are, suit. You already might have heard the story. Did you listen to that podcast? No, not yet. No. Well, we probably should retell the story. Yeah, why don't we retell it? <laughs> the, uh, you guys tell it. You, you guys got to watch it more. I, all I saw was this skinny man Is that hiding we were from drifting? Us. Well, we, we, yeah, we were oh, yeah. partway through our, our float, and Chris all of a sudden started saying, there's a naked guy. <laughs> Alex, there's... There's a naked guy right there, and he's like not—he's like not wanting to look at him. So I'm like looking the opposite direction. He's like trying to point with his head. He's like over there. He's, he's rowing. So yeah, we're in the drift. This guy is he's like road. skinny as a rail, and he's like like shimmying around, shimmying around this tree. As we come around the corner, he's like scooting around the tree. Well, his rather large girlfriend was laying on the sand with like a towel draped across her, and asleep. they both were. Dude, <laughs> we, they were in their birthday suits. Oh. We interrupted a little fun they were having. Mm-hmm. 
jeez. They weren't running from bees. <laughs> no, they no. were not. Funny though. Fishing on the Spokane, you can find some weird stuff. Oh there. yeah. Yeah. Did Always. you and your brother find a weird toy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we totally did. <laughs> Have I told you guys uh -oh. this? I don't, I don't think so. Okay, we were fishing on Lataw Creek yeah. that cuts okay. through a park called People's Park. And um, we had been fishing, and it's just like this, it's right by my house. It's the high bridge for that. Yeah, the high bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Whatever, what were those fish you were catching? That's a mountain white fish? Yeah, white yeah. Fish, mountain white fish. And we were fishing there for a while, and I was getting tired. So I, it was sunny out, so I just like, you know, just taking a nap. And then I just hear my brother, like, coming up. And I, I lift my hat because I was napping. And he's sitting there holding a dildo. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like full grip. <laughs> or like or like by like the two fingers. By, by hemostats. Oh. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's holding it and he's like, look what I got. And it it couldn't have been like more camouflaged because it, it looked like the bottom of a river. The weird thing is it was cored out in the middle. So it like was peeing. Huh? Like it had water, so oh. it was like. <laughs> so we were like, you know, cracking up, and this just isn't the shaft. This has got the whole family. This shaft involved. <laughs> the twig and berries are there. <laughs> and and we're like, what are we gonna do with this? And, and I was like, well, just leave it. And he was like, no, let's do something kind of funny. And I was like, well, let's stick it on a tree. Yeah. So we. <laughs> it was there for a while. We walked up a little ways and. And I got on his shoulders, like with my feet, and stood up. What? So, so we were up high. And so then, I then, there. then I grabbed this thing. <laughs> and I, because it was full grip, full grip. Because it was hollowed out, I stuck it on a tree branch. Imagine if like a hiker was walking by right when you guys were doing that. <laughs> They'd be like, uh. so this uh, that dildo was up in that tree for like. Seven years oh, until somebody finally someone got desperate. Someone took it down, or they thought it was funny. I don't know. It was there for a long time. It was there a long time. So every time we'd go like frisbee golfing, we'd be like, "There it is." <laughs> oh, it's right down here by the golf course. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upstream from the bridge. Yeah, that's funny. I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was probably the weirdest thing I've found fishing. Yeah. There's a probably a lot of soccer moms that are not happy with you two. Uh, it was over seven years ago. Statutes of limitations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was a long time ago. I was really young. I was like seven years ago. You were like twenty-five. No, this was more twenty-five. Oh, Twenty-three. <laughs> Man, this was 22. more than two. I, I was like nineteen, twenty. I was gonna say I don't think you could drink yet. Yeah. No. Legally. Legally. <laughs> Legally. Yeah. You couldn't go to the bar. No. But it was nice because it was within walking distance of your house. You could fish a lot. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. weather was nice. Get little tiny fish out of there, but they, you mm -hmm. can catch them. Yeah, lots of them. Yeah. <clears throat> what did you use? Just like little nymphs? Yeah, little like prince nymphs, like the little tiny, tiny mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. And then there was and those midges. One, the midges. There was that hatch that would come, those, I can't remember what they were, with the big white wings. That was a pretty good hatch, but it only happened during once in a while. Those that was the same kind of hatch that happened that one night, that same night that we were fishing. I don't know if those are mayflies or not. It was like a, a moth. It was like a huge, yeah. huge like a hatch. And we saw this yeah. trout rising, and these guys were like, "You can't catch that thing." And I was like, "Watch this." With the top water. Boom. Yeah. 
was actually pretty cool. <laughs> it was way cool. <laughs> in that same area, we had gone fishing before, and you caught a fish in that same yeah. area. And I, it was my first time rowing the drift boat, like in the center with the oars. I'd never done it before. And I, I felt weird because I was talking about whitewater and like these guys thought I was going to be good at it. But I was like used to rowing forward. So I kept on like wanting to move forward, not like row upstream. Oh, yeah. A little bit. So I, I like. There's like blowing past all the good holes. Yeah. Like Andrew. Like. Woo! He's gone. <laughs> we got um, we got like stuck in like a vortex, mm-hmm. and his fly like got sucked down it, yeah. and he caught a fish. It was yeah. a nice fish. The only one. It was cool. Yeah, it was the only one of the day. Yeah. yeah. I hooked into a really nice fish there when we were fishing from the shore. Mm-hmm. And I lost my fly. Is that when I caught that sucker fish? I caught yeah. that big, yeah, that big sucker fish. I think I caught a big sucker fish. Yeah. I've only caught a few, few fish in, in Spokane River. Oh yeah. I fished it a lot. Spokane's a hard river fish. Yeah. I like the upper part by the Valley Mall. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice. It's nice. But man, the, the water is cold because the water comes right out of the hillside. So it's 95 degrees out and you're fishing it and that water is freezing cold because just upstream from the mall, you look on the side and it just comes right out of the hillside, right out of the rocks. Really? This is wicked cold. Yeah. It, was, it was fun fishing. I never really had much success there. And it crossed... Out in the valley where the uh, Kaiser Rolling Mill is, where they pick up their water, there's like a, it's the water slows down considerably right there, but the the bottom of the river was flat and then it just bluffs straight off into like an abyss, and it was fun to sit there in the morning sometimes, and you could just watch the fish fish rise up and into the current and go back down. They look like submarines, but I don't, you couldn't get close enough to know what I was looking at. Yeah. Did you ever catch anything out of there? No. I heard there's a lot of good bass fish out there. Mm-hmm. The upper yeah. part. And then down, like on the other side from the airport out there, mm-hmm. where it really slows down into like a lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's, it, um, what airport's that? The, uh, Feltsfield. Feltsfield. But it slows down, and that's where you have like the big houses on either side. And there's yeah. one guy has a really awesome, always want to just run up to his house and go down the slide. It's like three whoop de whoops and shoot you out of the river. <laughs> but it goes slow there, and uh, a lot of times I've been there just kayaking with the wife. And, you, at, right at dusk, when fish are active, you see big silver things rolling. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, it'd be fun to fish here. I, I've never done it. <laughs> and the current is like the right amount of current where if you paddled up in your kayak or whatever, or you, float just to, drift down. you just drift. It's barely like walking speed, so you just hang out and float. Mm-hmm. Throw a uh, line out, have a drink, and float. I haven't fished up there. Kayaked up there, like. Yeah. A thousand times. You went a couple times with me. Did you ever sell that boat? You still have a whitewater boat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sold it to some guy. Gotcha. He wanted it for a lake boat. Went, All right, it's not gonna do you much good. There's no keel and it's real short. No, no, that's what I want. All right, cool. You bought this kayak because you're a tall guy. You're like what, six five, six four. Six three, six four. This thing is huge. It's like an aircraft carrier. I could. You could like lay down in the middle. <laughs> lay down in the front. And like aisle. my kayak at the. One of the kayaks I was using at the time was like 45 gallons, so it was like... It's itty-bitty, little playboat. And this yeah. one was kind of a playboat, but... But for a big guy. But yeah, it's <laughs> built for a dude 250 to 300 pounds. And they're not joking. It's There's a lot of room in there. All kinds of room. We've put airbags in it and it takes up less room, but... If I would have kept it, I always wanted to get a little four-piece fly rod so I could tuck it in the side, because... I did that. Whitewater, I did that with mine cool on the same show. And there's, you know, great... You, the only way you're going to get some cool eddies is by boat, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
I did that with my with my my uh, my my uh, little Joe on the Saint Joe. I I took that down. And I you know I, I spent three days there doing that. Nah. But all right, I want to hear the story of uh, pig hunt. Oh, pig hunt, pig stabbing. Yeah. So, um, in Florida, um, it's a big lake, Okeechobee Lake. Okay. So I went down and saw Andrew's oldest brother and the middle brother. He was down there in the military. And the oldest one was. The oldest one was in the military. And we had talked about pig hunting for a long time. And he just found this place. And it was, I think it was 200 bucks. And it was the, not trophy pig, but you all you guy goes, you always get a pig. But it's like, first pig that the dogs get, that's what you get for 200 bucks. But they'll, you know, gut it and do whatever you want to it. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, sounds good. Let's go have some fun. So we went down there. And it's the first Mexican I've ever met with a southern accent. That's really weird. So <laughs> the guy speaks, you know, Spanish to the other workers with a with a southern drawl, and then he speaks you to you in a Spanish southern drawl. You're like, this is weird, but it was fun. Uh, he had four. They had four dogs, and the main thing they had there was alligator farm. They looked like chicken, like the big chicken farms, mm -hmm. but they're completely insulated to keep it warm in a certain temperature. And they smell horrible. And we went in and looked. Lizards smell gross. And it was like warm. This is that alligator farm? Yeah, alligator farm. He had hundreds for, and hundreds for, of them. For meat? Uh, meat and skin, I think. Okay. They got to a certain size and they buck them up. But then he showed us the, the brood pond. There was big alligators in there. It was weird. There's big alligators in there and horses. I was like, I don't see how that goes together. But the horses must not go by the alligators. Yeah. But um, yeah, we went in and looked in and they had like spray foamed the inside of these huts that are a couple hundred feet long and all kinds of little concrete baths in it with lights and lizards not lizards uh alligators of all different sizes so little itty bitty ones that look like fish almost and then all the way up to like four footers and they're all with chicken wire around so you can't get too close to them they smell horrible <laughs> he's like oh I just walk let's walk all the way down through we got halfway in we're like now nah, we're good we've seen enough <laughs> let's go so, but the hunting was, and they also had exotic, they had like buffalo there, you could do, they had some sort of weird deer, and, but mm -hmm. they didn't have a lot of land, and so I was like, oh wow, that's neat, and I'm like shooting fish in a barrel, I don't need a buffalo that bad. Yeah. Yeah. But we went and did the pig hunt, and it's, like the pigs are just all over down there, and they're feral pigs, nothing crazy. Uh, we got there, and <laughs> there is like... A monster truck that you ride around in with school bus seats on the top so it looks like they took like a mid-80s chevy lifted it took the cab and the body off and extended the steering up about six feet and he sit up high on like huge tires not like super swampers but like oh like big tires four or five foot tall tires and you ride around on old bus seats and down amongst the edges is like Every kind of rifle and pistol iron you can think just rolling around up there. He just drives, the, he lets the dogs out, and he follows the dogs, and they kind of did their own thing. We got onto one boar, or like razorback boar, but we couldn't get it. You could smell them. It, they stink. Yeah. Lots of musk to them. But the dogs never got a hold of it, and we couldn't get up close. We were we hunted with uh, knives first, and if it was really big, we were going to use pistols. So, uh Wig Jess told yeah. us he says that he was stabbing a pig. He wasn't going to use a pistol. <laughs> well, we, we were going to use a pistol if it was big, like a couple hundred pounds. This is getting dicey, getting close. But uh, the whole intent was to go down there and stab a pig. Because he advertises it as you can use a, any firearm, a bow, 
there's a he said there's a group of guys that come down with like pike poles, you know, six foot poles, and they get the dogs to kind of cordon them off, and then you go in and pike them, and then the guys that stab them with knives, the dogs, um, like mine, got one ear and another dog, I think a dog on both ears, and I just went in and knifed him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> after a full sprint for 100 yards trying to catch the dogs while they're holding on to the squealing pig, but it was uh, it was interesting. The oh, yeah. uh, first one was the one that Jess got. He uh, so he got first dibs, and it was a little bigger than Penny. <laughs> Not too but, big. But it's the first one you get, and it was fine. It was fun. But, I mean, they squeal, and they kick, and as soon as you are running after them, and you pull the knife out, your adrenaline goes crazy. You're like, whoa, okay. And uh, his was pretty easy. It was a smaller. Mine was a little bigger. Not a whole lot. Maybe 75, 80 pounds. But when the dogs had it, it was spinning one dog. And then, well, Jake's got most of it. I think it's on my computer. You still have video? I think I have video of it on the computer. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I went in and put one hand on the haunch and just jabbed it right. The guy said, jab it right in the ribs. And when you get the knife in there, don't pull it out. Just wiggle it around because you're just chop suing everything in it. And I did it squealed for like 20 seconds, and then it was dead quiet. And the dogs, quick. yeah, they, they expired pretty quick, and then the dogs, you know, nipped at it a little bit, and then they all wandered off. Jess said that <laughs> when he stabbed it, he said that he wiggled it around and then like took it out, and he said that the blood, oh, like, I, you stood up when I took was it out, taller than you were. <laughs> After like, I wiggled it around, spurt. when I took the knife out, and it, that didn't put it back in, yeah, the spurt of blood was over my head. Yeah, <laughs> it was all on my gloves, and then when the when we went to gut it, the the guys gutted it at their like uh, I guess you call it, uh, alligator uh, gutting facility. They had mm -hmm. big tables and everything. They're bucking it up, and the guys like, "Well, you wiggled it really good. I cut through five ribs." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they're not big ribs, and they're the size of your thumb, but still. For Tor's uh, wedding, he bought my brother a uh, uh, like a groomsman gift, and it was called like the Boar Hunter. Magnum Boar Hunter from Alaska Knives. Nice. And, so, and you guys both have those, right? Yep. We and that, both that's have them. that's what he it's uses. got a eight or so, maybe a little bit bigger knife blade with like a finger well. Yeah, with finger well. Nice. Yeah, you got a good handle on it. It's it's fun. That's <laughs> the only thing I ever got cut with it was a live pig, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, that meat was good. I, you remember you brought like a whole bunch of it to Christmas time. Yeah. Well, I brought it all home, so I. We froze it as hard as we could because I only had a day or two till I flew back from Florida and then put it in a cooler and that was one of my check bags. And then when I got home, I ate some of it, saved some, and then the roasts, I finally just ground them up and made it into breakfast sausage. Mm. Pulled up Google and said, how do you make breakfast sausage? Yeah. And found all the stuff in my cabinet and sage and salt. And it was good. The meat's very pink. It's not mm. white like normal pigs. Mm. So it's just made what they're eating down there. I think so, and it, like, it's not, they're eating natural stuff, yeah. so it makes it more pink. The ribs weren't very good. There's no fat on them, and mm -hmm. like a deer, there's not much fat, so the, the ribs, we cooked one set in aluminum foil, that was pretty good with like, apple juice, I think, I think it was apple juice we were using, and the other pair, we just kind of flopped out there, and they were kind of like, bone with jerky strapped to it. Mm -hmm. They weren't very good, but the, the other ones in the, in the tin foil were pretty tasty. Tire rubber. Yeah, and the dogs Great. down there. That's pretty cool. After we got done gutting it, you know, the kids like, "Do you want anything?" No, sir. Can the dog have the liver? Yeah, sure. And he gave this whole liver, which pretty fair sized liver, to the dog, and he ate it in one bite. 
You can even chew. <laughs> like jello. I was like, whoa. Slurped it down. Yeah. What kind of dogs were they using? I think bagels. that one was like... <laughs> yeah. Little bagels. Well, I think it was a, a catahoula. Is that what they call them? Some name like that. But so some type of hound kind of thing? Yeah, they're like a hound cross kind of thing. But they're, that's all they, they use them for running game. Hmm. That's, so, that's crazy. It was, it was fun. That was one of the main things to go in Florida. And then like five months later, he got uh, repositioned to a new base. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the last hurrah before he left. I, I was super jealous. I really wanted to be part of that. I would do. And he, it was rough. He lived in a beach community. We rode to the beach, drank oh, yeah. beer. Oh, yeah, he even had a crappy <laughs> life there. Yeah, like five blocks from the beach. Beach cruiser, grab a beach cruiser. Not just like the beach, but like like the popular beach area where like all the girls are good and there's like all the good bars are there. Like a fun beach. Yeah, the, the fun beach. Yeah, yeah it was. There was, was a reason beach. why Jake... Like, stayed with Jess in Florida for, like, four years. Yeah. When I lived with Jess in Florida for a summer, he lived in a cool place. Not like that. That place was awesome. Yeah. That place was really cool. Were you... How old were you when that was going on? When they were hunting? Yeah, when he was down in Florida. Uh, you were just out of high school, weren't you? I, well, yeah. I went to Florida and lived with Jess when I was 19, so that was, like, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a few years after that. Because he moved to California in like, I want to say like 2010. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It wasn't, it was a couple years after. Because when you lived in... When did you get married? Nine years ago. So 2010. Okay, so it was after that. Because he was, he was on, uh, he was on in like Afghanistan then. Yeah, so it was after that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. But it was fun. It was pretty good. Two hundred bucks. I'd yeah, do, I'd do it again. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's way fun. And the guys like they we go, are they all this small? You know, because we they were smaller. That one Razorback was quite a bit bigger. But he's like, no, it's just kind of whatever ones on the property. He goes, we don't stock them. These are just the ones we let out for you. They're just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says we don't stock them. It's just like what's on the property. I go, well, what happens if we don't find any? He's like, well, then you get two hundred bucks back. Oh, all right. Well, I think it was like you get part of the money back because right. pay for gas and the guy's time. Mm-hmm. But um, you looked at his webpage, which nah, it's still up there, I think, but I can't remember the name of it. But it, it's just like group after group after group of just tons of hogs. But they're not, he doesn't do trophy hogs, so uh, you don't see the big, like, 200 pound crazy ones. Hmm. <clears throat> Whatever the dogs find first. Yep. Whatever you stab first. It totally reminds me of, like, Rambo, when he yeah. jumps on guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and the guide guy that we had, the, the Mexican guy, he came over and we got in the truck. He said, oh, so how are you guys going to shoot him? And we're like, well, we were thinking of stabbing him first, if that's okay. He's like, nah, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> he says, that's the best. So, and it was. It was a lot of fun. That's crazy. You check that box that says you got to stab something living and kill it. Yeah. And you didn't have to go to jail for it. Yeah, that's not on my box. I don't have that box checked. No. I, I have know. a lot of knives, too. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's well, kind you... of a trend now. You see those uh, videos of guys sitting in trees with uh, spears, yeah. and they're waiting for a white shell. And then really? they go like, yeah, I saw, I saw one, and this guy was going to uh, do it with a white tail. And it's just like, it's almost a joke. This guy, like, just goes to even move to... 
throw the spear and the whitetail's like gone and then he missed the whitetail by a mile it was like you're wasting a lot of time in that tree with that with that spear so that you can do that that's like that's a way like a I think there's a lot of places that are starting to a legal way of take yeah wasn't there that they're having to look at it anyways because it's becoming more popular yeah wasn't there I made a spear like three years ago yeah I would sit in a tree and wait for that there's that guy that was an under armor. I'm all about just like the quick, efficient dispatch of an animal. I put like a spear in your chest. That's quick. It's like yeah. an arrow, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. Hit him in the right spot. Yeah, sure. It'll do it. But there was an under armor guy that that he stat he did the bear with the like a pike pole, like a yeah, like and a there spear. was like a thing and about then, it. Yeah, and then Probably. everybody said that. Kind of seemed like Under Armour dropped him and his wife as, yeah, that was as like that. factory reps mm-hmm. because they didn't want they the, want to distance themselves. They want to distance themselves from it. Yeah, they were all sponsored by him, and then it was like that happened, and the wife got cut off, and he got cut off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, he did that in Canada with a spear somewhere, probably back east. But you got to get close to a bear. You gotta, gonna, I don't know if I'm going to skewer him. You got to get pretty close to him. That's, uh, I don't know. Shish, shish kebab. See one from the bear where the guy was in the tree saying he had a debate barrel and he jumped down and stabbed him. Yeah. He killed him. It's work. Yeah. yeah, if you miss, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, if you wound him, that thing's, he's he's going to come back at it. He's going to win. Yeah. I wonder if that's how some, like, uh, modern farm hunters view archery. Because, like, arguably archery's not as effective as... That's a good point. ...modern firearm. But then, for me, like, I, I think... Dispatching a bear with archery equipment is Best very thing. effective. Yeah. And then it's thinking, with like, <laughs> trying to kill a deer with a, a skewer is like, well, how the hell is that going to work? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it'll all just go to mess. A... But if you have an experienced, if you're good at it, mm-hmm. you know, experienced person doing it, it's probably just as well, effective. I know that there like are, me. there's, like, you know, laws on legal ways of take. I guarantee less animals are going to die. If you try to, if you try to, <laughs> or like an addle No, I don't mean like even like I don't. I think less animals. If if you said tomorrow all hunters you have to spear your animals, I think less animals would die and less animals would get injured. Yeah. And there'd be less hunters. It'd be less hunters yeah, for like, sure. It might be a run on spears for a little while, but then it'd, it'd die out after the first three or four guys went. Eh, I missed. After they got ten pointed by some elk, they're trying to yeah, exactly. jump on their back, yeah. <laughs> ride it. Jeez. Well, but then if there's less hunters, then the funding for wildlife conservation yeah. goes out the window. So you don't want to do that. No, no, no. probably not. Just better leave it as an option. And yeah, you can't you can't go duck hunting with a spear. Do you imagine that wing shot? No, I'd rather go carp fishing. I can't believe you speared that duck on the water. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very gaming of you. How like dare a, you? You're like yeah. Achilles with Hector. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine hunting with those guys, though. They'd be like some of that skill that's spearing ducks while they're flying. You would not mess with him. No. Mm-hmm. Carp would be good. Yeah. Oh, Spearfish, carp. I think with a bow would be fun, too. I got a bow. Well, spearfishing's kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, spearfishing is accepted. Yeah. But with spearfishing, you have to just go after like the certain fish, though, right? Like non-game. Right, fish. you can't go to spear salmon or no. trout or. You can't in the ocean. You spear right? link cod and sea bass and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just not salmon. Yeah, not salmon. It's so weird you can't spear salmon. I think it's, it's weird, weird you hard can't catch one. Anyways, I think it's weird. Well, you I think it's to be in the river system. Oh, yeah. You could do it in the river system for sure. Yeah. 
Spear? Oh. Spear salmon? Yeah. Yeah, where they school up. Yeah, you, you can go up and grab them some in some places because yeah, there's so many. What's that mean? Like yeah. way up where they're spawning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be hard to even spear gun a salmon, wouldn't it? Out in like the ocean? I just wait for a school somebody and just sit and wait. Just, I don't know. Flock shoot him. Flock shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I got two. <laughs> you have to use one of those big trident things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cutting whole swaths. You definitely would want the one that, you know, after it goes through, it feathers out into a T so it can't come back out of the fish. No. But sure. if you got one of those, like, 50-pound Chinooks, it might take you for a ride. Probably. Probably. Until <laughs> <laughs> the seals got it. Yep. Sea lions. Mm-hmm. Pesky things. It's kind of like going and grabbing a fish with your bare hand. Like, Have you done it? It's it's not legal in um, Nebraska, I don't think. You can't? Mm-mm. But you can go do it like in Oklahoma. But have you ever like grabbed like a fish out of the water? No. No? I'm I talking even... like noodling for catfish. Oh, for catfish. Oh, noodling for catfish, huh? I yeah. saw... Uh... That sounds weird to me. That sounds weird. Looks... We watched that, vi- that show and it like... The anticipation and the, like the stress of it just be like yeah. crazy. You guys are like, okay, we got a hole. It's like I don't know what's a snapping turtle or a catfish, but it's kind of feel around. Yeah, like here it would be <laughs> fine because you could like put goggles on <clears throat> and like see what you're yeah, grabbing. Yeah. But down there, it's like you don't know what you're yep. getting into. No, it's a mud river. Have you yeah. seen the videos of that <clears throat> little blonde girl that does the noodling for catfish? Mm-mm. She's like 100, 120, oh, yeah, twenty-five. Just Slightly attractive. <laughs> she always doesn't wear a lot of clothes. Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. noodling for these like hundred pound catfish. What is this on? Is this on a... it's YouTube? YouTube. I don't. YouTube. I don't remember the name of this girl, but the, there's videos of that. Yeah. Well, it's like those girls that are in the very small bikinis that are. Uh, uh, they do the fishing night in the keys and stuff, mm-hmm. and then do uh, bonefish. Bonefish and the getting burnt archery, archery fish down there. I don't know if they're going for a red fish or something. Yeah, a lot of the uh, the fishing um, advertisement with the guys, they're covered like head to toe and like Gear. and face uh-huh. and yeah. sunglasses in uh, fishing camo. Yeah. And the girls, they got on like it's little, still fishing camo. Little skimpy, little skimpy that has like off the shoulder, and then <laughs> the guys like sitting up sure with with the sun um, sun, like, sun gloves, so he's not getting burnt. <laughs> The yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, girls out there fishing for marlin, and everybody else is in normal clothes, and she's in string bikini. Like, nah. <laughs> I see what you're doing yeah. there. Good marketing. <laughs> so I went marlin fishing. And... <laughs> <laughs> I went marlin fishing. I didn't get anything. I didn't get sunburned. I don't clothes. <laughs> I watched. Um, I, I don't know if that, we talked about this before, but I watched this really cool TV show about fishing and it was like like a game show like it started with like 10 people and then each week they got smaller because somebody you know they they were having like fishing competitions and they fished from everywhere from like norway and like the fjords to africa and the uh you know the the zambezi river it was a cool show oh so they they won like fishing one area of time yeah and they you kind of were master your skill wherever you are really quick. They mm. were fly fishing for sailfish, mm. like big. Um, what do they call that? <clears throat> when they have the big fin on top. Sailfish. Sailfish. No, that's a certain type of fish. I the blue marlin. 
There's marlin, but the sailfish has the big thing on top, yeah. and then there's swordfish too. Yeah, but that that type of fish is called something. <clears throat> oh, billfish. Billfish, yes, thank you. And they're fly fishing for that, and they um, so they. they yeah, but don't they put a bunch of flashers and stuff out? Yeah, they, they these agitators. Like you almost have it. Uh huh. So they get these 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 fish that come after these agitators, they call them, and they'll like go in and they'll try to bite it, but there's no hook on it. And they'll have to bite that and no hook. Yeah. So then you put you, you put this big old huge like hopper out on the top water and wait for it to come in and boom you strip you strip set it and then they, you go for like a real ride on like your like fifteen weight. <laughs> that's crazy. Anyways, I I was like wow that's pretty cool but is that really fly fishing or is that just mm. saying yeah I caught no. this on a fly rod? It's like taking a spin cast and putting a flying into it yeah yeah with a piece of worm a guy at work well it's it's like taking a like i've done that before i was out trolling in the lake here and my my wood buggers weren't working on my fly pole but i knew rapalos would be working and i wanted to bring some home to smoke so i tied a rapala on my fly pole and i trolled that rapala around sure enough hooked it up it was just <laughs> like the same fight you would have on a fly pole mm-hmm. yeah it's not fly fishing though no 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 not the same well, I've trolled But, like, if you want fish... Yeah, you, I'm going to seem like I actually took a Rapala and put on my yeah. fly pole. <laughs> like, I didn't like was, it, was it different to cast with that big, heavy... No, he just stripped it out. I was trolling. Oh, you just stripped it out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of figured you were yeah, like, you like doing like a lasso with your uh, fly rod. Cast a double treble hook rapala around. Hit you right in the back of the head. Wow, that would hurt. Catch that in the ear. Wow. He, uh, Alex over here is always worried about getting hooked. He is. So he wears like a hat. If you've ever fished around these two long enough, <laughs> casting here. masters. Shoot! Have you ever Shoot. gotten hooked? No. No. no I hooked my shirt once. I hooked myself. I think once. the only person I've seen like hit himself with a hook is you hit yourself. That was a good weight. Knocked myself uh, out. Oh. I had a quarter ounce weight on a what was a basket or something. Oh, I remember that. And I was uh, your snag. I think what. We had a. You're a snack. What were we using? We were doing that um, drop weight. This is like a drop weight setup that had like a yeah, rubber yeah, like worm a above it. Worm. And I oh, cast yeah. it and it went too far and it got over top of a, a, a tree branch. And I tightened up and you know you can kind of tighten your slack up and then just kind of pop it off there? Yeah. Well, I got a little carry away and I popped it up and, and jerked it. And I took all the slack out of that line and made it like a stretch cord. And then it came whipping off that branch. And I saw it coming at me. And it was coming right from my teeth. And I turned and it hit me right in the ear. About put me down. I was like, oh, I haven't been hit like that in a long time. 700 feet per second. It was like, it was only, it was me. I think it was only quarter rounds. Oh, yeah. It was like, but that sucker was. I don't know. It was about as big as a dime, right? Like, Uh, it wasn't a. I don't think it was a half ounce. It might have been no, a half ounce. It was probably, I, don't know. I don't know. It, it might have been a half ounce. It was ounce. cruising, though. <laughs> I was another... The drop weight, is that where you got your... The hook? weight's first, and then the hook's uh, suspended above it, and then you have a... You just take the your rubber worm, and you just put it right on the end of the hook, and then you drop the weight to the bottom, and you just kind of... Oh, actually, the weight's the, the weight's on the bottom. And you yeah, you bounce the weight little... off okay. the bottom, and then yeah. the, your lure is yeah. above the... Yeah. Of the... I fish like that never knew the term for it. <laughs> yeah. It works pretty good at one lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually a really good bass setup for yeah. all all these lakes around here. Yeah. Well, I never tried a bass up just in a like, trout up like Colville. Yeah, you get mm. like those four inch Yamamoto's or something. Mm. Like, just the uh, salted worms. 
That works really good on. Um, I never used any of that stuff, but that's only because. Doorjack too. You know, I, I no, I didn't. I, I I'm like just starting to learn how to do other types yeah. of fishing. Well, I, yeah, I grew up fly fishing too. <laughs> like I, I went like a lot of people transition from gear fishing to fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And like I've kind of done like I still like to fly fish. Like I'll I prefer to fly fish. Yeah. But. I didn't grow up, I grew up fly fishing, and so the gear fishing is, I, I get to learn a bunch of new fishing tactics. Yeah. Like, I got that book right there. That thing has got everything you need to know There's a new, about uh, gear fishing. fishing sure. anyway. There's a new fishing store. It's up by, um, on Highway 2 by the restaurant I did. What's the train car restaurant? Oh. Frank's. 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 Right behind Frank's. There's a new, what? there's mm-hmm. a new fishing tackle place. Right by our work. We're gonna go. We're going yeah. out to lunch. It's not open yet. Like the sign is up, so <clears> and, uh, <throat> they still have paper on the windows. But like I got my haircut next door, and I watched the guy walk up, knock on the door, and they opened to let him in. He had like. Is it a bait and tackle shop? He got off It's just a tackle shop. <laughs> so. That's what. Cool. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's the sign's only been up a month, I think. Oh. So. I, never, I guess I don't really drive that way. You know they're gonna open soon because fishing season is just around the corner. Nice. So. It is just around the corner. Going at lunch. Speaking of restaurants, I drove by the milk bottle today. Mm-hmm. There one there in Garland. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, the sweets. Tommy was working there. Yeah, he probably Matsuda. Yeah. Tommy. Um, Rugby Tommy. Right? Uh, Rich or Richie? Tom Tom Richie. Did you ever meet Tommy? You knew Tommy. Who's Tommy? Is he the Silver rugby? Fox? Yeah, oh. rugby Tommy. Yeah, I know Tommy. I think he. he so I stopped in there before yeah. I came here tonight and um, got a milkshake from him. Him and his wife just uh, took it over. Oh, oh really? Yeah. They bought it? Yeah, I think hit. I, th- <clears throat> I know he worked there. For it's a either while. his in-laws owned it or his parents owned it, but I can't. I'm not sure, but they they took it over. So that's like a Spokane kind of claim to fame because it was in that movie Benny and June. Mm-hmm. It's one of the. I mean, well, there was two of them, but the other one I don't know. It's right down by my house. Yeah, but they, yeah. it's not a restaurant. It's not a restaurant anymore. The one down, downtown. downtown. I don't know if it was the same owners. Or... It probably was at one point. Yeah, yeah it was probably just a little chain. Mm-hmm. They got good burgers. They do have yeah. good burgers. A good milkshake. Yeah. All right, there's one more hunting thing I've got to ask. It's about South Dakota. South Dakota. Long ways from here. I know. <laughs> about pheasant. Pheasant hunting. Pheasant hunting yeah. South Dakota. Stacking pheasant like cordwood in the back of your truck. That's fun. Mm. I mean, we saw the pictures. <laughs> I, I've heard stories, but yeah. I think... I gotta know more. So I went to. Um, and I, I, I mean, I don't know if you asked Lee. I want to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to my buddy's house. Lee, he owns. Uh, his family has a lot of uh, agricultural farmland back there. He's also a pretty avid. I would say pheasant hunter. He hunts it a lot, and he wheels and deals and guns. You know, Global Sporting Arms is his little. Out of his house company that sells he's high end shotguns. He's a friend of ours on, on Instagram. Yep, yep. He's in the Philippines today diving. Really? I yeah, called him oh. on the way here. He's uh, doing doing some scuba diving with some friends. Well, sounds fun. I mean, he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, he's fun. So I have been back there several times, and this year I went back with my dog, and it takes about a day and a half to get there. I can't remember how many miles it is. A lot. Um, I usually drive part of the way, sleep in my truck, because I'm not old and decrepit yet, and uh, sleep in front seat and then finish the drive the next day. So drive like 10 or, 10 or 12 hours, 
and then six or seven the next day, I think is what it turns out to be, okay. which is kind of nice. And there's parts of Montana on the far end, on the east end, that is middle of nowhere, and there's lots of deer. So I don't really want to hit one in the winter and be stuck out there or have, mm -hmm. a, have an issue and not see anybody for hours. So it's kind of, it's fun. You drive to Billings, and then from Billings you cross not in no man's land. You can hook down through Wyoming, or you can cut across the southeast corner of Montana, and you go into Wyoming for like three miles. <laughs> it's weird. Mm -hmm. It just kind of cuts through this one little section of Wyoming, and uh, you see lots of um, antelope, speed goats, and... What's a speed goat? Antelope. Oh, That's what they call never them. heard that. Speed goat. They're in the goat family, and they run fast. Mm. So, speed goat. Speed goat. Speed goat. <laughs> They're like one of the fastest land animals. Yeah. Probably definitely in Washington. Not Washington. No, United I think I, th I think they are like the oh. fastest in the United States. Yeah, they're pretty fast. And they ruin fences. They go under. They don't jump fences like deer. So they go under them and it pushes all the fences up, makes ranchers mad. Oh, they mm -hmm. can cruise like a thirty-five or like a long ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, so I get drive all the way back there, and um, it's kind of central. It's north of Mitchell, which is like the mecca of pheasant hunting. Or South Dakota, tons and tons of people go there and just spend money to shoot birds. Mm -hmm. And uh, went back there. There was we had four dogs. We hunted four days. We had four dogs and I think between eight and nine guys. Because Lee lives there, and then he had a couple friends that are in the area that are so like work associates or buddies, and then. Um, like his dad's best friend owns a hunk of land that's there too, so we kind of stay at their little. It's a ranch, but there's a there's a house and a couple big barns, and one of the barns he parks a truck in, take the truck out, fill it full of. Uh, it's got coolers, or refrigerators, tables, party lights. That's where everybody hangs out. It gets to be fun. There's barbecues and gutting tables and everything for pheasants because they they shoot a lot of pheasants. So we went back and hunted. Yeah, three or four days. First day, uh, in hunting season back then, or not back then, hunting season there for pheasants doesn't start till I think 10 in the morning. Yeah. So it's not. Every day? Every day. Oh, that's Maybe so nice. early in the season yeah. it might be seen, <laughs> But uh, I was told it's for. Um, Is that a deer thing? No, I was told it's for like economics. So like people come to town and they shoot their pheasants. You can also let the pheasants kind of wake up and um, go to where they're going to go. They're hiding spots. But another way to look at it that somebody explained to me once is they wake up, or your, your hunters wake up, they go to town, they buy breakfast, yeah. they buy their stuff, they go to their hunting place where they're a rancher or a farm or whatever and hunt for a few hours and then they go to town and drink, be merry and happy and have big steak dinner and do it all over again. Yeah, you so, never see a duck hunter because they're like... They're at 3 a.m. Yeah, they're there yeah. at 3 a.m. and they're done. Oh, the but, Viking has got some business from That's true. That's because we came back at 11 or something. Yeah. yeah. But Tim's the, uh, legs. usually when you hunt back there, you're hunting fields, gullies, corn if it's in, or beans, but usually it's the fields. And you're just like six guys abreast, and then say you're going to walk a big square rectangular field or rectangular-ish. Mm -hmm. You have two guys in the far end that are they're the blockers. Mm -hmm. And they usually stand down there. Usually those are like your older people that don't walk very well because you're walking through grass and reeds. or Yeah, well, the younger guys, they usually walk through the thick stuff. But you're walking, through, you're walking through like chest-deep grass, which there's one place they call a heart attack slough. And it's, 
it's like 10,000 fingers holding holding your legs back for every time you take a step forward. And in the middle, it gets mm -hmm. kind of swampy, so it's a slough. But mm -hmm. it, it, sometimes you get good birds out of it, sometimes you don't. But it is, by the time you get done with it, you're overheating, you're hot, and you're mad. You're like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to have a heart attack. So, it's a workout. Yeah. And you can hunt the ditches in South Dakota, which is another fun Everybody part. can, though, right? Yeah, everybody can oh. hunt the ditches. Well, and like, there is some... What's the law? It's like from the center of the road? Uh, I'm not sure how feet. far it out goes out. But their, their ditches are not like a Washington ditch that are eight feet across. These are like a 30-foot ditch. Oh, wow. So... That's awesome. You can see them, you know, down the road a ways. You can see them out in the out in the grass. So you just drive up real quick, jump out your shotgun, and last one or two. Right <laughs> on the tailgate when you do this, or uh... no, we were inside. <laughs> Gotta follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, but uh, there's a couple times we, uh, one place we lined up and we hunted the CRP that he had, Lee had just put in, and there was. I don't know what kind of bushes they were, but they were over my head, three, four feet up, and birds were coming out left and right, and you sometimes you get a shot at them, sometimes you didn't. I was feeling adventuresome that day, so I packed a 10-gauge. <laughs> I brought all this ammo from Washington Thunder State stick. all the way back to South Dakota, and I said, well, if I'm going to pack it back there, I get to use it, so I used it for one whole morning, and the Browning BPS is heavy enough as it is, and then you cut a 10-gauge, and you load it full of shells, it gets really heavy really quick. But when you shoot through things, you can see it like almost cut holes through, through the brush. Time. Yeah, and it whacks a bird really good. So, really, really well. is there a, is there a, a limit on how many shells you can have in your gun? Uh, no. Right. So, so you no can plug. take the you can take the plug out. That's yeah. awesome. Like I took back uh, two 1950s Browning Auto Fives, so they held five rounds. Yeah. And it's lead that you can shoot back there too. Mm -hmm. So Not I was shooting that. twos and fours. I was at the wow. pawn shop today. And they have those uh, kind of uh, AR style shotguns with the like ten round mags. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a really open choke too. Yeah. Have you also when you go hunting with those guys? And I, I don't, I don't really, I don't think they probably do it. But you know the snow geese, uh, like extended tubes. I've seen a guy with one of those once, but he was a blocker, so he didn't walk with it. And that's one thing the guy mm. said. Yeah, it was a great Half idea. Half box of shells in there. But he was it's. Heavier than the Dickens. Yeah, and he mm -hmm. had a light Benelli. But so trying to swing on a, a pheasant. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're gonna waste your three, out. four yeah, like, shells yeah. before you even <laughs> punk a sewer bike. You're swinging around out there. So I bought one of those for just like someday for my Benelli. Well, you might as well. Yeah. You're going to, or you have? No, I bought it to help. Oh, you should you should put it on there and then just put a dowel. I so, <laughs> so I, you're really I heard two a in there. story. I heard this story. I, th I think it might have been. Um, here I read it somewhere, but it was this guy had had one of those. I think it's like I don't know what they're called. I think it's like they go out ASAR. past the. Mine goes to barrel. the barrel. Oh, okay. yeah. to the barrel. Yeah. So um, he he did that, and he said that the uh, um, the game warden was like scoping him in his truck and came running out there, <laughs> and he said, you know, he goes, oh, I just have a, you know, I didn't want to take it off. I just have a really big plug in. He's like, show me. He thump, thump, thump. Couldn't push anything else, so. But I, I heard that story. But it would be kind of funny. It would. It, I've only seen it once. And I it was on. It, it, I think for a goose gun, you know, where you're not walking anywhere with it, and if you could, mm. why not? Might as well. Yeah. So especially with the snow geese, when you get like those states that have a very high limit. Yeah. So you can mm. whack a bunch of them. So, but yeah, we'd lined up like six across, and I don't know. 
within the first 30 feet, we had like eight or 10 roosters that flew up in front of us. And we got one or two out of that pass in that first 30 feet. And then it was like dead. There was nothing. And we probably had three quarters of a mile to walk. We kept walking and walking. And a lot of times you'll see them 50, 60 yards in front of you fly up just to just get above the grass and they'll fly and they'll coast and then they go back in the grass. They're just, you know, running ahead of you kind of mm-hmm. thing because roosters and hens run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. the weird thing is usually when you're hunting that, you think, oh, take flushing dogs. We had four pointing dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the grass is so high you can't see the dogs, so you just see like the grass moving. Say know, this like, again. I have a flushing dog. I'll go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll work. We got, well, in the end, we got a fifth dog, and that was a flushing dog, but gotcha. she was kind of an older lab, and she worked really well, but we didn't hunt her a lot because she was a elderly dog. When mm-hmm. you're when you're hunting with those dogs, are you hunting with those four dogs all the time, or are you giving them breaks? Are you hunting with, like, one or two we dogs? We hunted them the whole time. Okay. Because they're not really going, it's not like you're walking 20 miles. You're, yeah. You know, you're walking three quarters of a mile or a mile and, and then get in trucks and then drive your next squad. So they get breaks and that. And you're not mm-hmm. walking fast. You're just kind of yeah. getting along, letting the dogs do their thing. And it's, most of the dogs didn't like stay with their owners. They were somewhere along the run of men mm-hmm. and people going around and mm-hmm. chasing birds. Yeah. And But you get into that tall cover and all of a sudden the birds hunker down and as soon as you shoot one, you got to almost sprint towards it because if you don't hit it good, it's going to get into the reeds and then or the grass and then it'll burrow in and you'll never find it unless you have a dog or they hit the ground running mm-hmm. so, but then also when you're walking along i had one come up between the center of my legs and i just about screamed yes <laughs> you know, next thing you know it's just like flush i got a, a hen that came out and, and like said hi to me it was creepy <laughs> but the the dogs and the pheasants when they're in the tall grass and they run it's kind of it's really neat it looks like a ghost in it because you just mm-hmm. see the you just see the like the tall four foot like grass. Like Jurassic Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of like Jurassic Park. You just see it moving. You're like, oh, there's one. See, so you can kind of follow it. And then the the, bird, the dogs <laughs> will kind of go a little bit. They don't really, I don't know. They just, I never trained my dog not to keep pursuing this, pursue and stop and pursue and That's stop. That's how Tana is. That she'll lock into, she'll find a bird, and she'll lock in there. And then if she's there for too long, nothing's come up, like flushed up. That's my uh, uncle's dog. Yeah, and just creep along, creep, creep yeah. along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she'll she'll be locked. She'll in. stop. And then like even if like you go to like flush something up and nothing comes up, mm-hmm. and like there's nothing there, like she won't pursue where it went. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, okay. You gotta get her off of it, and then she's gotta go back to her thing. Oh yeah. All these dogs were running. We had something that looked. Uh, I can't remember what the guy's dog was. Big fuzzy thing. Looked like a. Oh. Like your uncle's dog. What is that thing? That's a German wire hair. German wire hair. But then the Griffons, those are a bit more fluffy. And the yeah. Drahars are This was like a Griffon, but bigger. Gotcha. Like it, it was, he was a pretty big-sized dog. We had that. Does Lee still have a Visla? No, uh, Pete passed away. Okay. But he has a Poodle Pointer? Oh, those mm. are cool dogs. I think it's a Poodle Pointer. Uh, Zorro, his name. He's got the beard too, so it's yeah, like a I really one. like those poodle pointers. Oh, yeah, Zorro's fun to hang out with, and he's very wiry and a really good pheasant dog because he gets so much pheasant so time. much action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So South Dakota lives up to its name as like the pheasant mecca. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, not this time that I went hunting with back there. The time before, so back two years, it was deer season. I went later in the year, and it was cold, and it was deer season, and so before 
pheasant hunting hours, we went out and sat and watched for deer. We got a nice size three by four or four point buck. But um, we sat in one spot and the pheasants kind of wake up as the light comes and you can hear them cackling and they start flying. Well, and there's this one corner of one field and they just kept flooding in, flooding in. We, there was probably almost 200 pheasants in that corner. Like, I've never seen that many pheasants. And then the weird noises they make, because you know, you just hear a pheasant cackle or make the little noise and then they kind of scurry off. Well, when they don't know you're there, their whole conversations are interesting. All kinds of squawks and squeaks and cackles and they chase each other. And then they kind of, as the morning went on, they just kind of buggered off to their own little individual fields they wanted to go to. So mm. that was fun. It's, it's roosters only, right? Yeah, roosters only, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all the ones that we were hunting are all wild. They're not, back there you can go to a lot of farms and they have pen-raised birds and they'll, you know, release them for a big hunting party. They'll release a bunch and <clears> that hunting party will bang, go shooting. What's the, uh, what's the limit? Uh, let's see, three? Three a day, I think. And mm -hmm. I, I think your possession is like 16 or 12 or something. Mm. So is that possession limit, does that make it so it's like possession like in the truck, like just for you, or like in your freezer? Uh, I think it's in your freezer. I think it's your freezer. Mm -hmm. So it's if you freezer. eat one, you consumed it, now you're down to 15. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a big, I mean, it's kind of a gray area. Yeah, it's a gray area. It's just like with sure. ducks, right? So it says you Ooh. can have double your bag limit in, in possession, but you bring them home, you clean them up, you put them in the refrigerator, well, are you really going to eat six ducks before you go shoot, an, or seven ducks before you go shoot another seven ducks? Yeah. Depends on what the law is saying. I don't know. You can get 21 possession in Washington, I think. Or whatever it is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the argument, right? Yeah. So you fill your possession limit. Mm -hmm. I think... Well, then what happens if you process them? If you take them home and grind them and make them into pre-made duckaroni pile, you know, so at the end of the season you have more. Does that still count? I'd like to know the what that is. I know, but I don't think yeah, there's a hard line they draw no, there. No. Cause they don't like absolutes. I mean, it's like... They don't like absolutes, but, and also how many people out there really have hundreds, you know, yeah, tons and tons of pheasants in the refrigerator. People might have tons and tons of ducks or geese, but, you know, pheasants... It's just because they don't like to eat them. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Duckaroni. Like they just duckaroni. shoot them and then they put them in that one freezer that sometimes goes on the fritz. But I, I'm actually, I only have like a few ducks left in my mm -hmm. freezer, like yeah. the choice ones, like the ones I just like breasted and then mm -hmm. and plucked the feathers out yeah, and the skins on. Those are what I, mm -hmm. I, and I have like two geese left. I only brought six, about six or seven pheasants home. Neither got to leave, like one of them was a rib cage and so we left one wing on and most of them were gutted and winged and then we left one leg with the spur and that was it and then the guys back there they're like you cut i think you cut the front side of the knee and it it severs the ligament but it still leaves it attached and you can just fold that leg right up so you don't have to like you know big rigor mortis leg sticking mm -hmm. out with the spur on it when you put it in the ziploc mm -hmm. and you fold it up like a little thing and put it in and then seal it and freeze it so so the spur is proof of sex yeah yeah. Did you do anything fun with the pheasants? Like, we uh, cooked, we cooked a bunch of them up one night. Um, we, one guy just kind of brought his fryer, and uh, we all sat around a table and drank beer and whiskey, and I think there was even some wine there. That sounds and like a great party. We it passed <laughs> paper plates of assorted pieces of fried um, pheasant, and they called it chislick, I think. Basically, it's a cubed 
pheasant, and then you season it and deep fry it, and it's addictive. They do it with deer, and I think the original Surprised ones. Surprised they don't snitch it. <laughs> it's like pheasant nuggets. Yeah. yeah, we had fancy. Not this last time. The time before, one of the guys that came with another friend of Lee's was like a chef or something, and he brought like a trunk full of stuff to make amazing food. So we had like uh, not a schnitzel, but like a breaded pheasant vest, uh, breast with like a lemon sauce and capers and all this kind of stuff. And he cooked for like a couple hours, just kept giving him beers, and then he comes out, all right, everybody eating. We're like, holy crud, are we like a four-star restaurant here or what? I recently cooked one by putting it in the, uh, the crock pot. Yeah. I just put it in there, you know, and it was like a full bird. I didn't breast it, just, you know, full bird. And I put it in there with like onion soup and mushroom soup and... Yep. And I think... I think cream of chicken soup too. And I just let it I cook down, and then I put it on top over top of rice. Yeah, you see, I had that a lot. I've had that a couple times back there. Um, I really liked it, uh, but my girlfriend she liked it, but I I didn't like pick the meat. I just like was planning on picking it while it was like I was eating it because you know all the little bones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So oh. she got kind of annoyed eating it because all the little pieces bones, and parts. Yeah. But I told her just like. It'll make you eat slower. Like just, mm-hmm. just pick it out, put it on the plate. Yep. Yeah. I grilled up some. There was so that when you get them back to the farm, like we had the pickup full of we had eight man limit. No, we were one shy of an eight man limit, so we had twenty three birds. It Ooh. looked like cordwood back there. Wow. They were all stacked up. We got I showed back, them the picture. It yeah. Was impressive. We got back to the barn and started gutting them, and they had like old wash basins, like uh, probably from the forties and fifties, the galvanized ones. Then they have a piece of expanded metal grate that goes over the top. And a couple trash cans, and usually guys, the couple guys are in the middle, and they're ripping feathers off and gutting and pulling the guts out, and the guts go in the trash can and the feathers. Do you guys stand necks. on the wings and pull the legs? No, they didn't do any of that. But the, you know, like everybody's got shears, and the guys that are at the ends, that's where the um, water basins are, and they're full. We just fill them with hose water, <clears throat> and then they're you know dredging them, getting the rest of the feathers off, and uh, using the shears to cut the wings and uh, all but one leg. And then get all the blood out, and then there's usually another guy at the end there with Ziploc bags. We start filling them and firing bags, and it only takes you about 20 minutes or 15 minutes, and it's done. Then you got trash cans full of feathers and guts. Mm-hmm. Have you ever left proof of sex on a bird? No. I never have. I you're, never, you're, I you're never bring them back. We usually, like, yeah, we usually well, cross and state. Yeah. Usually yeah. yeah. don't clean them until we get home, yeah, anyways. Yeah. But like even the ones they had in their freezer, they had proof of sex. But that might be because they have so many people that come and go. Yeah, that might you just you can grab one. But we, we ended up eating a bunch of them. Like, well, we had to eat a dozen or so. I fried some, or not fried some. I grilled some up. But they had some of the, some of them that we, just kept the breast from, and and they were on the rib cage, mm-hmm. and they were in water, so they're really moist. And I just flayed it off of the uh, rib cage. And then seasoned it and threw it on the barbecue. It's like, what the heck? I'll try it. And then, I think because it sat in the water, it, they were really super moist. Nice. What are you gonna do with the turkey? Huh? Leave uh, proof of sex with the turkey mm-hmm. in the freezer? No, like you say, you say we go up to Colville to shoot one, process at your house, and I'm transporting it. Well, turkeys have spurs. Yeah. That's what I mean. And I'm transporting it to Spokane. I get stopped. Say, probably son, you got a turkey. Probably a good idea to leave proof of sex. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if you're I mean, if you fully 
skin it. You could leave the hunk of skin that has the beard. Mm-hmm. Or you could just leave the head on it. Skin it up to the head and leave the nasty-looking nasty red waddle head. Yep. So, yeah, we hunted that big push. We hunted uh, the one time with the 10-gauge was a lot of fun. Did you, was that your 10-gauge or is that? No, it's Lee's 10-gauge. Gotcha. But I had a bunch of shells from another friend that had been sitting in my basement for about a year. And so I took those back. I heard that, that the 10-gauge is like the turkey shotgun. Yeah, and I didn't think it kicked a whole lot different than a 12-gauge. But if you had it in a lighter gun, it'd probably be an eye-opening occurrence there. <laughs> because I wasn't shooting like any light loads. They're all number fours and mm-hmm. they mainly were high brass ones. But it was a... Uh, it was a heavy BPS, just empty the thing like the boat anchor. Do you remember my dad's ten gauge? Did you ever shoot that? No. He he had a ten gauge that he traded uh, some cash and. He got the Benelli. Yeah, the, that shotgun yeah. and some cash to get um, a Benelli Super Black Eagle. When the for when they first came out, mm-hmm. that was oh, it's, it's that was some hot hot deals there. It's a pimp gun too. Yeah. It's like it's it's the, my gun, but so much nicer looking. It's. It's like walnut stock, and like on the uh, on the pistol grip, it's got a picture of a well, wasn't the original black one? eagle. I thought the original one oh, was black. Well, his has it, it's black, but it has walnut stocks. Oh, I thought the original one was all black rig. plastic. Mine's black plastic. Mine's a like a boat oar. Yeah, well, I, th- I thought your dad's was the black plastic one. No, he's <laughs> his has got walnut. On. It's a really nice shotgun. Well, that's what I shot the. Uh, only turkey I've ever shot with. Was yeah, that was house. <laughs> were we fishing that day? No, I was turkey hunting. You were turkey hunting. I think <laughs> I was fishing and you I, stopped by. Yeah, no, and it was my, like we were having. It was like four o'clock. So like the sun's. I left the church. I left my shotgun at my mother-in-law's house. And I'm done. I'm not gonna hunt any. And uh, <laughs> there's a turkey out by the shop. Yeah. Really? I got a tag in my pocket. <laughs> Next thing you know, his dad comes down with a shot shell and a 12 gauge. All right. We were all sitting in the windows. <laughs> There's awesome. multiple turkeys that have been shot. I shot, shot the turkey that way. <laughs> you, oh, you oh, did, didn't you? Yeah. But it was fun. Then there was all of us out there gutting on, on the picnic table and drinking whiskey. and Kind of, I think it was like the first thing. wild turkey? No. Not at our Shop house. whiskey. <laughs> yeah, not but it was kind of fun. It's probably dissecting it and like pulling it out and figuring out what stuff was. Is wild turkey a little too fancy for the range? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad, um, my dad can't taste. It's like, it's, he has asthma and he's like, can't smell, can't taste. So he can go and buy the cheapest whiskey you can and it'll be fine. He's all about the effect. Yeah. But at the same time, you'll go there, and my dad will have like two hundred dollar bottle of whiskey, like in the in the liquor cabinet. It doesn't make any sense. He goes, "Oh, I just like to know what's there." <laughs> I like I like you to drink it, but he drinks it too. I think there is like a different mouth feel for him. But Probably. I mean, there's a there's a big jump for me from like R and R to like Basil Hayden. Like there's a there's a large there's a big jump. But we do consume a lot of R and R. Yeah. From time to time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that was my, my, we have a shop. There's actually no more shop whiskey. Oh. Okay. Because oh, no. everyone in the Rain family only can count to eight <laughs> missing fingers. Well, that's <laughs> why. whiskey. I think what it was is like, we were like out there forging something and like, we kept like out missing. Yeah. And my mom was like, hey, you guys should not have whiskey. 
that available. I was like, oh, you're probably right. Yeah. So there's no there's no whiskey out there. Yeah, we just you have to go inside and get it. It's still there, but you have to go in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's not readily available. No. You have to work at it. Oh. My dad always called it shop whiskey because he would have a bottle out there and you never knew it was in there. It could have been R and R. It's just an R and R bottle. It could have been Crown. It could have been it could have been anything. Like you know, you could have been drinking the finest whiskey, but you it was like, you know, Russian roulette. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but you can always tell R and R from about an arm's distance. Snow. <laughs> You see the fumes coming out. You see the fumes. The vapor trail. The vapor trail. Yeah. You can always tell that one from a little further away. I don't know. After shooting that 10 gauge, I I think it'd be kind of fun to try it out. I only hit one pheasant with it. Now, one or two. I think I hit two pheasants with it. That was it. You have a little bit of a collection of guns. And yeah. you, you've got some cool ones. Um, but... I wanted to talk to you about, and I, because I, I haven't talked to you about it, your, like, um, your Sharps rifle that you have. Oh, yeah. I have a 4065, um, I think it's Shiloh Sharps. Uh, just a, it's a modern make of the old Sharps, and it's 4065, so that's a shortened case neck down to a 40 caliber from a 4570. Yeah. And I shoot cast lead bullet out of it and it's 420 grain cast lead bullet oh, wow. that I cast myself and then um, I load it with the black powder and it and has a wad like a, a card wad that goes between the bullet and the powder mm -hmm. but it's fun at the local gun club well last couple of years with kids I've been a little too busy haven't shot much but I was on the black powder cartridge rifle team we shoot 200, 300, and 600 yards. So, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. I first time I shot at 600 yards, I was sweating and crazy. And I'm like, oh, I hope I hit it, and I hit it. I was like, whoo, yes, <laughs> score. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like a quickly down under kind of. Well, kind yeah, it's, of. it's it's all open sights yeah. and well, yeah, 1870s technology. You can hit a four foot object at 600 yards. You can. It's pretty cool. You feel like Superman for a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. That's cool. So, but it's uh. It's definitely uh, fun, but challenging. I'm not very good at calling the wind, but you're only, see, I'm uh, leaving the barrel at just a little, right around 1,200 foot per second, 1,260, I think. You're throwing curveballs. Yeah, we were lobbing it. You know, you got like Texas 45 feet of wind <laughs> going in. It's a long ways. You have to hit the cutoff, man. To get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long ways down there. And it, it they're... They're interesting. They sh they kind of kick like shotgun because they're not high pressure. Yeah. Not high velocity. They sound weird. And I could yeah I mean, yeah. That's when cool. you're running the pits and it hits the sand, it sounds like somebody's throwing a brick at the ground. Just really. <laughs> and you hit like a two two three or a or a three oh eight go, and it's a you're cracking a snap as yeah. it goes. You know, it's still supersonic because it's going over your head and it goes into the berm twenty feet behind you. But with the shotgun or the the Black Rider Crusher Drive over here is like weird warbly boom and then thwap. Like, whoa. And when, a bunch of dirt goes everywhere. I wanted to, like, so when you're running the pits, you're talking about running the, uh, the Running the targets the up targets, and down. Yeah. Because so the, and if nobody's ever done that, it is weird to know what it sounds like. like yeah. You've either shot and ran ran the, the target or you're in the military to know what like those kind of bullets sound like, like yeah, when they're right next to you. It sounds like a 
twig break. Yeah. Like a good dry, thick snap. Yeah. One complete snap. It goes over and then as soon as you do that, you're watching the target. You hear the snap, you uh -huh. pull your target down, and then you put your scoring disc on the different, there's different positions on the target. And the target's like a four, four bay sheet of plywood. They're big. But that tells the guy at the other end he got like a, an X, a 10, a 9, or 8. Hmm. And uh, you put that in a certain spot and then you put a thing in the hole yeah. that, that he can see. And so that way he can mark on his piece of paper, all right, I'm low and to the right. And he can adjust. And you string it back up and uh, they shoot again and then pull it back down. And then you move the, the plug so you can tell where a shot went. And you cover the shot back up with either a, it looks like a piece of tape black or tan and then move your disc around wow. you do that for 20 minutes and then you swap but so, you do get like an appreciation of what like it sounds like with like yeah like, yeah and all the different like you know there are 308s there's guys with 30 out sixes 338s sound weird yeah you know, i haven't in been there? in the pits when they've shot one of them the different black powder cartridge rifles like 4065 is not a big thud and then you guys get the 4570 and the 4590 there's a big thud you know that's a 500 and some grain whacking dirt <laughs> <laughs> throwing bricks yeah i th almost thought about shooting my deer this year with my 4065 oh, that would be cool yeah i tried with a bow one day and i only had two days to hunt and i was like yeah i'll just use 25 out six it works yeah. <laughs> you can get it done yeah well we've been going for like an hour and a half hmm? but before we wrap this up um i have a new deal i want to try out it's called impressively unimpressive so something that you personally thought was really cool but then when you told your buddy it was not impressive so i'll go first and let you guys think about it but when i first started shooting archery i had aluminum arrows and my dad built a little range in the loft of our shop so i'm up there shooting and i robin hood these i stacked these aluminum arrows together so i was probably in eighth grade and i was just Jack, like I Robin Hood and arrow. Probably like sticking them in each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have Stand one, up. and just like the, you know, Robin Hood legend, yeah. you could stack an arrow, so you have now two of, the, of your arrows are combined. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool, and there was, well, when I told two different sets of people this, they were not impressed. One was my dad because I didn't want to take the arrows apart, so now instead of just wasting one arrow, yeah. I ruined. Two arrows. Mm -hmm. And second were my buddies because once I told them that, they asked how far it was and it was like not even nine yards. <laughs> so very close. <laughs> so something that was very impressive to me was very unimpressive. <laughs> you know, I can't, to my buddies I can't believe my you didn't embellish. You're like, it could have been like 50 yards, you know? <laughs> but then it'd be like, it was in the middle of winter and I was shooting in the garage. So how far could I really be? <laughs> and my dad was just. He's like, ah, oh, it just goes another four bucks. So yeah. instead of wasting four bucks, I wasted eight bucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know, I'm stumped. Yeah. Or, we've done this before, so you guys need to find a, one of these, but you could do a uh, legendary shot. Mm. So we came up with a few that, like, either someone had told you or you had done yourself that surprised you. <laughs> well, uh, well, this year in South Dakota... I'm not sure how I hit the bird, but I pulled the trigger and it was, so we were coming up to a slough where we'd seen him. We'd gone scouting earlier in the day, Lee and I, and eh, we're checking him out. We saw someone in the slough. We didn't get close to, to scare him away. So then we drove out there real quick with a couple other people, jumped out of the truck and started shooting. 
Well, before we completely got out of the truck, I sh we shot at one or two, and I took a Hail Mary with a set of twos out of the old A5, and everybody says they hit it. We couldn't find the bird, but the bird did the arch up when when they like hit the heart and they mm -hmm. quit flying. We lost it, and it, yeah, I don't know how I hit it, but they said it was an over 50-yard shot. And I'm like, yeah, right. You guys are crazy, and that's all they would talk about. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but you never found the bird? No, but it was kind of funny, though, because I'm standing on the truck where I, I could see where I got higher elevation. I'm like, oh, it's right there. And the nice guy, Lee, is he goes tromping out there, and instant, he gets about 50 feet out there, and he finds he's in four feet, three feet of water. <laughs> Walk right, he wasn't giving up. I'm like, all right, you can come back, but get a little further to the left. <laughs> You're almost there. Yeah, yeah. No, we looked around for a while, but it, it didn't. It was pretty well dead by the time it hit the ground. It wasn't flying. It was doing the whole... Well, their wings go wide open and they just they kind of mm -hmm. cartwheel back on themselves and fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. But we could never find it out there. Oh. I don't know I, if it was me, but mm -hmm. I could say that I got the blame for it. Gotcha. I wish you would have gotten that bird. It would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. Everybody was impressed though because it was a set of twos. They're like, man, that's awesome. I'm like, well, it was a number two, from two shot. So I got a bunch of number two lead from my wife's uncle that passed away. He was a goose hunter in Yakima and he had a footlocker full of stuff from like before lead days. Mm -hmm. And so or not toxic. Yeah, yeah. He had some newer stuff that was definitely stuff that was pheasant, it's, you know, pheasant loads. And, uh, oh, what the heck, I'll take some of these twos just to try them. I was going to go shoot like cinder blocks and trees. And then Lee's like, oh, bring them back here. You can use them. I'm like, all right, sounds good. So I dispersed them amongst the crowd because everybody had over under. Mm -hmm. And they helped a lot. A lot of guys with the overrunner put it in the second tube, and for sure. they were whacking the heck out of them. I bet they were. I bet they were like, "Hey, bring us some more of that." <laughs> I boxes out. of them. Reaching out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about with mine. I think you got one, Chris. What? Like a, a impressive. It's impressively. It's an easy one. It's an easy one. Like for fishing, it's easy because you can go fishing all day long. And, and like sometimes the fish aren't brightened, and you bring home like one fish, and they sometimes I I sometimes you know, I keep them. And I remember this one time, it was uh, early on when I was dating my girlfriend, and I went fishing all day, and I came back home with one like twelve inch fish because I wanted to like bring home like <laughs> dinner for my girlfriend i wanted to be the cool guy and i and i i tried so hard so and i brought home this fish and for me it was a good fish because i i worked you hard worked for that fish i brought it home and she goes that's it and i was like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that one's pretty pretty <laughs> good i stacked the arrows and it sucks because you uh you can't lose two arrows mm. well uh, yeah if you keep yeah, them together i thought it was cool tie. For myself, telling myself, it's like, oh, that's cool. And then I realize I'm down two arrows, but that's about it. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. Next time. What about shooting your deer and then realizing you're bottom of a dam? Ravine, <laughs> Ravine in the water. Yeah, degrees. I guess so. At 80 degrees. I was not impressed. <laughs> yeah, I told you, I guess. You don't want to help me drag it out. I'm kind of glad you didn't call me. I probably did, but you probably didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I probably screened it. No, I'm not doing that. 
Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to call Alex. He's probably a little faster than you. You're a little slower. So. I pack things all the time. It just takes me long. <laughs> it takes you a long time. It was hot. <laughs> These guys give me crap. <laughs> Walking <laughs> slower. He's always in the back. About 30, 40 yards. Well, he also has all the gear. So we That's bring right. him. Stack <laughs> up with gear. I got like mule. 80 pounds of decoys. <laughs> Why did you go so slow? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he has like, all the decoys, but not enough netting to cover the boat. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, was that you that was no, This is, this oh, is yeah, one of those is... unimpressive stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Get you were on there. the X. On the X. Yeah. Tornado of geese. It was crazy loud. You know, really loud, cool. you can hear it. It's like a jet. And then... Yeah. And you could hear them flying, and then off the honking, you could hear, like, <laughs> the wing noise before they came, and then they started honking. It was like, yeah. whoa. It was impressively unimpressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's I was just thinking about that story. That was <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But hmm. well, man, I appreciate you coming. There's uh, fun talking. Yeah. Yeah. I like to have you back, cause you know you you're always out doing stuff. And um, well, I, we just like started going, and we're if we don't cut it off now, we're gonna be two hours into this thing. So I think we definitely should have you back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can do it again. Yeah. Yeah. We got. I think we all gotta go shooting at your gun club. I'm still yeah. thinking about joining in tonight. Yeah. I know that Jess is once he heals up, but uh. Is yeah. that the one in f- five mile? Up? Is it out there? Uh, yeah, down right on the river. Um, like past uh that golf course, like on that road. Uh, it's before the golf course. So as you're going, you're going on Francis, and you duck down the hill, and mm-hmm. as you get to the bottom of the hill, take a left on Gun Club Road. I got you. And, and it's right up. It's right along the river. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually inside the State Park. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So. Cool. They, have, they have trap range there, and for the members, you can shoot uh, 25 yards, 50 yards, 100 yards, and 200 yards. Mm. So, it's fun. Yeah. It's open 365 days a year. I mean, oh, they're nice. open on Christmas for the guy that gets the new 9mm Beretta. Go down and blaze holes in paper on Christmas Day. <laughs> See if your wife will let you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy who bought it himself. We're having Christmas at the gun club. This year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming. And then um, everyone else listening, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's blindcast1. Um, the website is nwblindcast.com. And until next time, catch you another cast from the blind. There you go. <laughs> well. I hope you enjoyed another episode of Blindcast. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Blindcast1. Again, that's Blindcast1 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and hope you tune in next time for another Cast from the Blind.